called Judith Curphy. Had a, you know, a stellar career as a, a music director. No one talked about famous girls' choirs. It was the famous boys' choirs, and it was called the Australian Girls' Choir. But she knew that actually people learn best when they're having fun. And they've grown from 150, those original choristers, to now 7,000 girls across Australia. Remember those beautiful Qantas ads where the girls were on the beach? Yes, indeed. Strang Girls Choir. They go, la, 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 you know, and terrible representation of singing there. <laughs> um, each part of the choir would do their own bit, and then eventually all of them would come together. And that's when you just felt this total force, you know, force of nature. Eleanor Roosevelt, um, the world is changed by those who think they can. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan. And hey, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And just a quick reminder of how we uh, format the program. Uh, Sean's turn to share the story this week. And mm -hmm. so he'll share the story. We'll talk about how to make that story even better. Um, some of the things we like, some of the ways to make it better. And then we'll finish by talking about how you can use it in a business context. So that's the format. And of course, we'll finish by giving it a rating. Uh, rating Beautiful. Seven out of 10 seems to be the common rating. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> All right. So Sean, over to you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. So this, this story starts in 1984. So a woman called Judith Curphy was just retiring as a music teacher. She'd hit, uh, you know, 55 and uh, she had had a you know, stellar career as a, a music director at you know girls' schools across Melbourne. Uh, she'd even done some work in London. Uh, she you know, was an absolute um, you know top of a game, right? And when she retired, one of the things that annoyed her, right? You know, she'd worked with girls for for many many years uh, in the singing, was this belief that boys were better singer than big better singers than girls. You know, you've heard the Vienna boy. Not choir. not her belief, right? That, that this no, is no, this is the common belief, belief right? This is oh. the common uh, in fact, the zeitgeist. Yeah, but you think back in the eighties and obviously earlier than that. I mean, it was it was just understood. No one talked about famous girls' choirs. It was the famous boys' choirs, you know. And um, so she set about changing that. And the way she did it was she started a company uh, to train girls to sing in choirs. And it was called the Australian Girls Choir. And in the first... I wonder if you could, I wonder if you could get that name today. I don't know. She did very well. Well, not that name particularly, but uh, no. yeah. 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 Anyway, she, she started off uh, with her mum doing the admin and her sister doing logistics and and she was a tutor, and they had four classes in Burwood, which is a outer suburb of Melbourne, and 150 girls, and they started uh, this little training company. And it was interesting because she had an instinct right from the beginning that this needed to be done in a very sort of rigorous way, right? She came up with a whole look, you know, with uniforms for her uh, choristers uh, and 
you know, strict guide, you know, strict rules in terms of dress code, et cetera, for the girls. You know, I remember like both my girls went through the Australian Girls Choir and it was very orderly. Like if, say, the girls had to go from one class to another, you know, it wasn't just race down to the next class. It was in lines, all with their uniforms, their purple uniforms sort of flowing past. And, and it was... But at the same time, she knew that the girls really had to have fun, right? A, to bring them back, but but she knew that actually people learn best when they're having fun, right? So the the actual class was just full of games and girls, you know, just really having a good time. And my girls just absolutely loved it, right? And and so it grew. It grew and it grew. Um, Now, when I met Judith Curfee, you know, you know, I only know her really by sight, probably said hello to her a couple of times. Uh, but when I met her first time, I mean, she was already in her 80s, right? She's now 94. She's still active in the choir in the sense that, uh, you know, she's part of the board and she turns up for the strategy meetings and she's right there, you know, providing her perspective on what should happen with the choir. I think the CEO has been with the organization for 30, 30 years, started off as the admin assistant and is now the, the CEO. And and they've grown from 150, those original choristers, to now 7,000 girls across Australia. Uh, all the sort of capital cities uh, have some representation of Australian Girls Choir. And, yeah, and I think they've shown without a doubt. You know, you know those... Remember those beautiful Qantas ads where the girls were on the beach? Yes, indeed. Australian Girls Choir, right? Oh, wow. Right. So, so you know, these are the, you know, that sort of move, the shift that she helped make. She, you know, was awarded uh, an Order of Australia medal for her work in music. And and Judith has, has, has been a powerhouse, really, of shifting that mindset uh, and, and, and having a, an impact on on so many girls' lives. This is 7,000 per year, right? They're wow. just coming up to their 40th year. And and growing? Or... And growing, and growing, absolutely. There are more and more people who are interested in that communal experience, you know, of uh, getting together and singing. People love it. Kids love it. Wow. So, yeah, that's Judith Kerfey. She's a C-U- C-U-R-P-H-E-Y, if anyone wants to look it up. Yeah, well, that I, for me that that helps when uh, when I can picture the word. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that that's just kooky me. <laughs> All right. So, was there? I, I loved how you talked about fun in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, and both you know, Georgia and uh, and Alex went through. Uh, for girls quite was there any like um, I wrote down moments like yes. were there mm-hmm. any times where you where they just were just super excited about how much fun they'd had you know like anything stick in your mind you know this is actually a really interesting one Mark because that I ask that question of people and I'm now in that place when you've asked me of thinking well it happened so many times I can't think of a single one right so you've put me in put me into the shoes of the people I normally ask um well, it's a very have, real experience for people. I have this I have this just image of you know these are they're all held at um schools 
right? So, and so that's just the normal classrooms, but it, they've pushed all the chairs and tables to the side, and all the girls essentially sit on the floor or they're standing up and they're they're playing games. You know, it's uh, you know, but it's games all to do with singing, right? You know, it's you know, say your name and but go la 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 la, you know, and terrible uh, representation of singing there. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, so it's, it's, you just have this laughter coming out of these rooms, you know, people just really having great fun. So, so did you ever go and pick the girls up? From, All the time. I mean, right? yeah, yeah. So, and, and was it, I, so, you know, forgive me, I'm trying to tease this out. Trying to, cause, trying to picture it, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to picture. So, I'm just picturing Sean parked in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, what time did it finish? Well, as they got older, it moved from weekends in the morning to evenings in the weekdays, right. for example. Right. So, so let's say it's like eight o'clock or something. Eight o'clock, and up. it could be dark, and the light—I can see the light. Uh, you know, someone coming out of the classroom, and I can see the girls. They have name badges. Uh, everyone's got their name badge, and, and and you know, everyone, all the girls have got their ponytails, and it's sort of like very quaffed i suppose there was a there's there was a, there's a look, a look. There's a look there's that a they look. had to have and uh i don't know if that's loosened up these days but there seemed to be a, a particular thing they had to do to, to come along to choir um and so when it finished you know the doors burst open and this yep. this this squadron of laughing mm. happy yep kids there well, see, the th- thing then is that I had to wait that amount of time to drag them away from their friends, right? Uh-huh. Because, uh-huh. you know, they'd have this gaggle of friends that would have a little bit of a review of what happened in the class and, you know, talking about other things that were going on in their lives. And and then, of course, um, there would be the big conversation in the car because usually I'd have to pick up Alex and Georgia and I'd be in the back seat and it'd be not only things that happened, but just the musical things that were going on in the world, you know, there'd be some song out and then they'd be singing that song. And, you know, I don't know. It was all, it was just all musical all the time. It seemed. Um, so yeah, it was lovely, lovely period. And yeah, she, Curfee did create something quite wonderful for so many people. Yeah. 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 Mm. And, and so uh, for you in telling that story, were there things that you, you know, think fondly of that um, you really liked? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing that they did every year, of course, well, and it was multiple times a year, is the big performance. Yeah. Right? Uh, I've been I've been to performances with you. Yeah, right. And so they would amass the girls on stage and they might have, oh, I don't know, uh, at least 100, maybe more girls on stage at one time for that big-voiced choir, you know, uh, at the the biggest you know, venues in Melbourne uh, would pack it out because, um, you know, it didn't take much for when you get each girl had their whole family there and then some friends and extended family all of a sudden, you know, 100 times, you know, 10, all of a sudden you've got a big, big group of people. And, and of course, the, the uh, what would you say, they would have a, each each part of the choir would do their own bit and then eventually all of them would come together. And that's when you just felt this total force, you know, force of nature. Um, and, you know, seeing the little girl, you know, the little girls who are in their, in their, I don't know, they're probably 
don't know how old they are, maybe they're six or seven or something like that, all the way up to the elder. By the way, you get kicked out of the choir when you hit 18, right? So that's the the age range, essentially a 10-year age range between the, yeah. the youngest girls and the and the eldest. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Cool. Well, for, for me, I, I really liked that that um, she didn't start until she was retired. I know. How good's that? What? Really? Isn't that when you stop? <laughs> um, that's in, that's a that's incredible. Kind of reminds me. Uh, um, I don't know why I thought of it, but Ray Kroc, you know, the, the founder yeah. of McDonald's, he was also a, a very late starter. I think he started in his sixties um, before he came across the McDonald brothers and essentially ripped off their uh, idea of a hamburger restaurant. But apart from that, uh, yeah, he was also a, a late starter. Um, I think uh, even Lincoln was quite a late starter in his in his political career, I believe. Um, anyway, there's lots of examples of of late starters, so she fits into that that genre, absolutely. Never too late. Never too late. Yep. Um, I think the other thing that I find interesting about that is I don't that she sort of started because she had this itch to prove something, right? That. She really wanted to change that attitude that people thought boys were better than girls at singing. And she knew it wasn't true. And she just wanted to change the world in that. So I think that that's interesting. I think a lot of good businesses start because the founder has got an idea, you know, they want to make a difference, you know? So. Yeah. And what did I think Eleanor Roosevelt, um, the world is changed by those who think they can. Yeah. Exactly. Or maybe she said, she, anyway, but she had a lot of good pithy sayings. That's for sure. She did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very oft quoted. Um, I've got a feeling there might be a podcast episode about Eleanor Roosevelt. in Yeah, Nelson. I'm sure there should be. So tell me uh, things that could make this story even better. Well, I, I for me, that, just to adding a moment, you know, from my uh, own experience, from your own experience, just, you know, watching yeah, the girls come out, watching the that. girls come out and uh, just how, how happy they were. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was, so adding a moment uh, is, is a good thing. And as we know that so, yeah, resume stories kind of high level the hard know, work without, yeah. without a moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Adding a moment really, really, uh, yeah, adds zing to the mm. to the story, yep. but look, it's a, it's a terrific story. I love the fact that she's still ninety four. She's still sitting at uh, she's still chairperson and um, sitting in strategy days. And yep, yep. Wow, yep. she's uh, she's involved, which is great. Wow. Um, so, what would you give it, Mark? Oh no, we should. Um, is this... any, we, we talk. Do we talk about business points? We haven't really. Not okay, yet. Let's do that. Not yet. Well, I'm, I'm, we, we've touched on them. Yeah. But it's never too late. Yeah. That's, that's the obvious one. Right. I think if you believe in something, have a go. Yeah. Because you could just be the one that, that uh, changes the world. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of the other things is that, you know, these, these, these businesses grow slowly, right? I mean, she's, it's 40 years next year, you know, and and so, you know, you look at, like, what sort of incremental growth have they had in that 40 years? 
you know, if you were to look at year two or even year 10, you might think, gee, it hasn't grown that much, right? But it's it's one of these things you need that foundation before you can get to the the bigger things. And I would have, I'd love to sit down with with uh, Judith Kerfey and, and ask her about the you know the ups and downs and the the times where they nearly went out of business and you know uh, all those the times things. when they when they grew spectacularly because I imagine yeah. it would it would be like they would whilst there might be incremental growth there would be times where, where they achieved step change yeah system level change I'm sure they have yeah absolutely so yeah that would be that would be some great conversations to have mm. yeah. Yeah, you should totally get in touch with her and tell her. You know, you know what I, you know what I did, Mark. I was in researching this. I, I checked to see if she had a Wikipedia page. No Wikipedia page for Judith Kerfey. Oh wow! And I'm going okay. I'm going to I'm going to give that a crack. I'm going to write that uh, Wikipedia page. And so I started to look around, and I noticed that uh, the National Library of Australia has an oral history of someone interviewing her as part of an oral history. So that would be interesting to have a mm. answer to that. So, yeah, it's I'm amazed at just how much is not on Wikipedia, even though you sort of think it's, it is a, an amazing resource, right? But there are so many Australians, you know, well-known, important Australians who, who are not represented there. And, yeah, and uh, uh, Judith Kerfey is one of them. Yeah, exactly. She needs to be up there. Okay, and it won't be your first Wikipedia page either, will it? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm getting into that. I, I'm enjoying it. Okay, mate. You watch your score. All right. Uh, very inspirational story. I'm giving it seven out of ten. I was waiting for you to say very inspirational four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't had one of those. Okay, yeah, I'm. It's a seven out of ten for me. It's a good story, and yeah. it's an important story. I think so. Fantastic. Okay, well, anything we need to uh, share with our listeners before we go? Um, well, I think hey, we're good. Actually, actually, there is one thing I would mention: is that you know we have a. A very popular newsletter. I can't remember how many people it goes out to, but it's thousands of people who get this newsletter every month. And if you want to sort of get some more tips, and yeah, that's what we do, we sort of share tips and things in this newsletter, just go over to our website and you'll find the the link to subscribe to the newsletter. And um, yeah, get your email in there and we'll send out that information to you each month. Well, there, and that that is a great tip. And it reminds me there's another interesting uh, snippet so we've got a network of partners across the world and uh, it gives us access to a whole bunch of great stories, but also insights. And a few days ago, our partner in India, Indranil Chakraborty, everyone calls him IC, IC sent a, a message to us. He asked ChatGPT, which is the world's best business storytelling company, and ChatGPT came back with anecdote as the number one. And I think Pixar was number five or six or something on that list. So I'm turning into a fan of Chad GPT, I can assure you. <laughs> yes, we have we have to take that with some grain of salt, you know, but but it is quite nice, isn't it, to uh, yeah. be recognised? Yeah. Obviously, there's um, good things being said about us. So that's great. 
And I'm not I'm not sure that the chat GPT could be cited as an authoritative source just yet, but hey, maybe sometime in the future. That's right. And we have photographic evidence of it now. <laughs> okay, Mark, let's wrap it up. Thanks everyone for uh, listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.